So the series that we've been going through that we kicked off uh, last week is called All In. And praise God, Pastor Dan preached an excellent message on pray like you mean it, the importance of prayer and praying with fervency and praying like we mean it. So we're going to continue uh, tonight, and I'll introduce my, uh, the title here in just a moment for tonight's discussion, but I want to just share an experience that I had just uh, very recently, and we're going to read out of Colossians chapter 3 in just a moment, so you could prepare uh, for that. But I had a, an, just an amazing experience this past Sunday. And it's one of those moments that, that you just have a realization and something is just seared on your heart. And as I was, from the very moment I pulled into, uh, and I was just recounting this as, as, as I was here in service on Sunday, but as I pulled in, you know, I was greeted with a friendly smile and a wave from an usher, right? And as I parked my truck and I make my way into uh, our, our cafe area, I was greeted by yet another smiling face, someone that, that took my temperature and, and, and just welcomed me there in person. And as I made my way to the prayer room, I saw uh, familiar faces there getting a hold of God. And as I made my way into the sanctuary, uh, passing our faithful brothers and sisters, our ushers greeting me, and, and just seeing the familiar faces of, of God's mighty men and women that who are in their position are in, and are in this their posts. And they may not know this, those that I saw that Sunday morning, but it left such an impression on my life. And I, I'll tell you what, I've been coming to church for many years, as, as many of you. But it was just something refreshing that where I saw the glory of God through the beautiful smiles and the commitment and the hearts of brothers and sisters like yourself being in your position where God has you to be. Amen. Sometimes it becomes mundane to us, right? We could, we could think that, you know, I'm going to be in my position and, and, and praise God for that. But we don't realize the impact that it's having on someone that's walking through the church maybe for the first time. Or perhaps someone like myself, and God knows what, what, what we go through, right? What I may have been going through that day. But to see you in your position, to see you faithfully serving God, to see you smiling and welcoming I know because this is, this is not, I don't have it all together, and I know you don't have it all together, but we're a work in progress, but yet you're there at your position, and you're thanking God, you're worshiping God, you're being such a powerful, powerful influence for the kingdom of God, and it's something that I will never forget. You are God's mighty men and women tonight. Our scripture for all in is this, in Colossians 3.23, the Bible says, do your best. And this is the scripture we'll be focusing on all month. Do your best. Work from your heart for your real master, for God. For God. Everything that you do, every sacrifice you make, you do it unto the Lord. And God's payback, paycheck, reward is much greater than anyone can give to us. Can you say amen? God's reward is eternal and it's great. And tonight as we dive into tonight's topic, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. The Bible says this. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. 
Tonight, praise God, I want to minister a message entitled, Serve Like You Mean It. Serve Like You Mean It. Let's bow our heads tonight. Dear Lord, we're so grateful, Father, for everything that you're doing in our lives, oh God. We're thankful for the time that we have here together to worship in your presence, God. We thank you for where you've brought us from, God. And we know, Lord, that we're a work in progress. It's just because of your grace that we're here, my God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us. Holy Spirit, that you would minister to our lives and that you would help us to be the servants, Lord, that you want us to be, Father God. And we just thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask in Jesus' name and we all agree and we say amen. Praise God. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Praise God. Serve like you mean it. You know, tonight, there's a lot of work to do in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God moves forward and, and, and gains ground and touches the world, touches lives because of the faithfulness of men and women like yourself. It's time for us to step up and serve. And I understand that a good majority of those that are in here tonight, you are faithfully serving Day in and day out, you serve again and again and again. And I'll tell you, you do it with a smile. And it's making an impact. But I want to speak for a moment to those that are in this place. And for whatever reason, you have not yet made that decision. And you have not stepped out to serve. Maybe you're afraid of what may happen. You're afraid or you think you're unqualified, perhaps. But the truth is, is that the Christian life is all about serving. It's about serving. And it starts with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we look in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, a powerful passage here. It says that, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Almighty God, in the flesh, coming down to this earth if anyone had a reason and, and deserved to be worshipped, it was him, and it is him. But the Bible teaches us that as he came on this earth for 33 years to minister, to be, become the sacrifice that you and I would need to be forgiven, he came to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. Tonight you're called to serve. doesn't matter what you've been through or how disqualified you may feel. You have something to contribute tonight. You're called to serve. You're called to serve there in the four walls of your home with your family and serve your family. Husbands serving your wife and your children and wives serving your husband and your children or whatever the situation may be. Having an attitude and a heart to serve. We're all call, called to serve. One man said this, we are healed to help others. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to serve, not to sit around and wait for heaven. We're called to serve tonight. You may be very new. You may have just stepped in tonight, but you're called to serve. Again, there with your family, in the four walls of your home, at your job, Throughout the day, serving, serving your brothers and sisters, your neighbors. Here in the house of God, yes, in capacity of ministry. What a blessing. 
you're called to serve, and we all have something to contribute. God has called us to serve with the right heart, with the right attitude. You know what made such the biggest impact in my life as I, as I shared that about this past Sunday was the attitude of, of those that I passed. Being in their place, smiling, welcoming me as, as if it was my first time and, and, and genuinely being glad to see me makes such an impression. Why? Because it's attitude. As you and I serve with a godly, righteous attitude, it ministers volumes to others. People pick up on that. They know when you're just filling a spot, but they know when you're genuinely concerned and you genu- genuinely care and you have that right attitude. People are ministered to from that. As we serve and as I encourage you to serve tonight and Perhaps you've been serving for so many years in this place and God sees your faithfulness and God sees it, but we can never stop serving. You and I are a reflection of our Heavenly Father as we serve. As we serve God with a smile, with the right attitude. You're such an example. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. God sees your faithfulness. Ministry workers, when you show up, when you're in your place, when you're in your position and you're you're serving God with a smile and with the right attitude, with an attitude of excellence, you're being such a light. To all of us that walk in. I praise God for our nursery workers tonight. I have three little ones, and do you notice how quiet is it is in here? It's because they're in there in the nursery with those faithful ministry workers, those nursery workers. I thank God for our ushers that, that look out for our cars and that are out there tonight braving the cold. I thank God for the media team that is making me sound a little bit good. I need all the help, and they're doing a great job. Our pastors and ministers that come in here are blessed to preach the word of God. Our Royal Rangers, our Royal Ranger ministry, our impact ministry, teaching our younger ones about the things of God. Such a beautiful, beautiful thing, them being a light in this dark world. And as we dedicate our lives to serving, we have to learn how to serve in secret. And let me explain this for just a moment, because the Bible says in Matthew 6, 3, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Serve in secret. And what does this mean? This means that your life is not about the accolades that you can receive from from people for men or, or women or those that are, that are looking at you and your faithful work. Don't let your motivation, don't let our motivation be to get the pats on the back from others. Serve in secret because what it does is it keeps our heart in the right place. Now what pride loves to do is pride loves to take Jesus off the pedestal and, and have ourselves exalted. Look at my great work. Look at what I can do. Look at at how skilled I am or look at my abilities and look at me, me, me. But it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about bringing glory and honor to Jesus Christ because of what he's done. Serve in secret. 
And what does the Bible say that as you serve in secret, as you, as you trust God and you're faithful to him in secret, what does the Bible say? He will reward you openly. See, sometimes we could get it backwards and we could, we could be seeking after the praise of men and women and looking for pats on the back. You're good at what you do. Praise God. Do it unto the Lord. That's the right attitude that you and I have to have when it comes to serving. Not pride. Not pride. And when these accolades are coming your way and when, when you're getting the pats on the back, keep it in context. And I would even say deflect it and give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Oh, you did such a good job. I mean, I, without God's grace, I wouldn't be here right now. Without the, without the gift of God, I wouldn't even have the breath in my lungs to be able to minister. I wouldn't have anything without the grace of God. Praise God. Serve God. Serve God in secret, and he will reward you openly. Matthew 6, 4. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And if any exalting is going to come, let Jesus do it for you. Let God exalt you. Let God manifest your works. Not yourself. Let God do it. As we decide to step up and serve, the beautiful truth is that we all have something to offer. Each and every one of us tonight, you have something to offer. You have something beautiful to offer this world, something beautiful. You may think that, that you're not qualified or you're not a good speaker or you're not a good this or you're a good that or you don't have this gift or that gift or whatever that person has, but I'll tell you what, you have something that no one else can offer. That is your story. That is your testimony. That is what God's done in your life. Now listen here in, in John chapter 6, verse 9. We understand the story of where the Lord multiplied the two fish and the five loaves of bread and fed a multitude, right? We understand. We've heard that story before. But we can never lose sight of the fact of how was that story made possible. Was it because of all the money that the disciples had? No. Was it because of their ability and their skills to go out and, and, and hustle a meal or, or do this or that? No, it wasn't about that. What was it about? It was about a young boy. A nameless boy, I might say, in the scriptures here. We don't know his name. But a young boy that had, what, two fish and five loaves of bread. He may have been impoverished. That may have been dinner that evening for, for his family, or that may have been something that he, was just, that he was trusting in God for. But we read about a small young boy. In verse 9 of John chapter 6, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd, the disciples asked. And you may liken your thought of your skills and ability and your story perhaps as just five barley loaves and two fish. Something of, of not much substance, you might think. But you know what's so beautiful about this story? is when this young boy released what he had and he put it in the hands of a miracle-working God and our almighty God, our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What happened? The Bible says that Jesus took what he had and he blessed it. And 5,000, 
not counting women and children, were fed because of the five barley loaves and the two fish. Can you say, man, what a beautiful story. So what the Lord wants us to learn from this is that he'll take what we have, whatever we have, as he blesses it, it can feed multitudes. Your story, the little that you have, the little strength that you have, as insignificant, and I don't know why you would believe this, but as insignificant as you think your testimony may be, your powerful testimony, God will anoint that, God will bless it, and it'll feed multitudes. Just by hearing your story and what you've been through and how God has brought you out of, of, of the miry pit and then out of the clay, how God has saved you, you're going to minister to multitudes, to thousands. They're going to hear your story, and they're going to say, if God is powerful enough to do it for him, if God is powerful enough to do it for her, then I know God is powerful enough to do it for my life. Praise God. Whatever you have, you release it into the kingdom of God, into God's hands, into our Lord's precious hands. As he blesses it, you're able to see miracles transpire. You may say, I don't have time. I don't know what I would do. I don't have any special skills to contribute. They don't need me, you may, you may say. But the reality is, listen to this, is that the Lord doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Can you say amen? God used men and women with sim similar doubts as you and I to change the course of history. Remember Moses? What do we think about when we think about Moses? We think about Moses parting the Red Sea. We think about Moses going before Pharaoh. We think about the power that God exhibited in Egypt through the life of Moses, plagues coming down, God showing his power. But Moses didn't think he was a leader or a speaker. Do we remember that? He said, I am not eloquent of speech. But God worked through Moses to bring Israel, an entire nation, out of slavery. Do we remember David? King David, a man after God's own heart as we read in the Bible. Do we remember him? But do we remember his small beginnings? That he was the youngest and therefore he was the most insignificant among his brothers. But God worked through David to defeat a giant that eventually made him a king. Do we remember that? Do we remember Paul who wrote a majority of the New Testament? But do we remember who Paul was when he was Saul and what he did to the church, how he persecuted the church before he met Jesus? But he went on to become one of the most highly regarded and prolific writers and church planners in history. They all and we all have something that we can offer. And as we put it in the hands of our loving God, he's able to bless it and he's able to use it. It's time for us to step up and serve. Secondly, we have to understand that we have to serve by God's strength, not our strength, by God's strength. And I want to speak for a moment to those that are in this place. Such an example to me, you've been serving for years. There are those in this place that have been serving God in this ministry here for, for 30 plus years. Day in and day out, serving, serving and giving and giving with a smile. You know why they can do that? You know why there are those among us tonight that, that can do that? It's because they've been serving on the strength that, God's, that God provides. 
Not their own strength. Not my own strength. Not your own strength. We serve by the strength that God provides. And listen, as we continue to serve God and we rely on his strength, we will be able to go on and on and we'll be able to serve God continuously and wholeheartedly. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31, a beautiful passage here. It says, have you never heard, have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. In verse 29, listen to this. This is for you tonight. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, I'll say it again, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those that are among us, our brothers and sisters that have been serving God for so many years, they do it because they rely on the strength that God provides. Now you and I, if we rely on, on our own physical strength, we're going to be disappointed. We're going we're gonna to get tired. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to want to throw in the towel. Why? Because we're serving on our own strength. But when God calls you to serve and when God gives you the anointing to serve in whatever capacity it is for your life, as you do it by his strength, you will be able to run and run and run, and you'll continue to go on and on. In the natural, when you run, you can only go for a certain amount, and then you're done. But in the spiritual, in the kingdom of God, when you rely on God's strength, you can serve for this day, and for tomorrow, and for the next day, and for this year, and for next year, and for the year to come after that. You can continue to serve. Why? Because you're relying on God's strength and not your own. We have to rely on his strength, and then, yes, we can make it. We could cross that finish line one day when our Lord and Savior, when Jesus is going to tell us, enter in, my good and faithful servant. That's going to come because those that finish the race. We need to serve by God's strength. While we talk about serving in any capacity of serving, we have to remember that we have to stay at the feet of Jesus always, first and foremost. We have to stay at Jesus' feet. We can never allow our service and the things that we do for God and praise God for them, but we can never allow those things to take the place of us being in the presence of God and at the feet of Jesus. We remember the story in Luke chapter 10, and I won't read the whole story, but we remember the passage about Mary and Martha. And Jesus came to visit them, and Martha was concerned about being a good host. We don't want to be a good host, right, especially if our Lord and Savior comes to our home. So she was doing this, and she was doing that, and she was concerned, as Jesus said, about all the details. And she tried to, she tried to rat on her sister, and she even told Jesus, Jesus, aren't you going to tell Mary something? Here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of you. I'm being a good host. I'm doing all these things. Tell, Mar tell, tell Mary something to help me out. She probably thought that it was, it was in a bag, and, and Jesus was going to get on, on Mary, right? She would, have, she would have loved that. But what did Jesus tell her? Martha, you're so concerned about all the details, but Mary, your sister, she's chosen the right thing. She's chosen the better thing. And what did he say? It will not be taken away from her. It will not be taken away from her. So ministry worker, laborer, in whatever capacity you serve in, 
Stay at the feet of Jesus. Make that time to worship him, to love him, to listen to him, to learn of him. And in that way, we're going to be effective ministers. We're going to be able to serve effectively. Why? Because we're at the feet of Jesus. In John chapter 2, this is beautiful. I'm excited to share this right here. This is beautiful right here. Now, here's the lesson tonight. Here is the revelation, okay? Servants are able to see miracles like no other. And, and we'll look in Scripture how this is possible. But servants, as we're serving, as we're giving our lives to, to, to service to God, you are in the privileged to, position to see God do miracles that only servants see and none else. And let's look here in John chapter 2, and, and I'll just summarize the story this passage here was Jesus, and there was a wedding feast going on in Cana in Galilee. And there was Jesus. Jesus and his disciples were, were invited to this wedding. So everything's going no normal, and, and the Bible goes on to say that during the festivities, the wine ran out. And Jesus' mom, Mary, told Jesus, hey, they, they went, ran out of wine. And what did Jesus tell his mother? He, he said, my time has not yet come. And I love in the story how, how Mary told Jesus' servants, disciples, said, do what he tells you to do. It's like she knew her son. She knew that he had a heart to give and to minister to make an impact around him. So even when he said, my time has not, had not yet come, she told the, the servants, just, I know he's going to do it. Do what he tells you to do. And what does he say? What does he, say? he tells the servants, go and get these, these basins and fill them up with water. And then he told one of the servants to take some out and go give it to the master of ceremonies. And as he tasted that, he said, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. They had a tradition where they would serve the good stuff in the beginning, and then, and then at the latter end, they would, they would bring in the substandard stuff. But the master of ceremonies said, where have you been keeping this? And look at here in John chapter 2, verse 9. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He didn't realize where it had come from. Okay, The master of ceremonies, he didn't realize where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The servants knew what was water. They knew what went into that basin. No one else knew, but the servants knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside. Now let's jump to verse 11. Now listen to this. This is powerful. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. His first miracle his first miracle here, and who was involved in this miracle? It was the servants. I'll tell you what, ministry workers, servant, those that are in this place and you're, you're serving God faithfully, those that are watching online or, or in the tent, you've been serving God and you've been faithfully serving God. I'll tell you what, the miracles that you've been able to see, I believe others would desire to covet. Why? Because you are in a place of servant, servanthood to God. You're in a place of ministry, and you're able to see God do miracles, powerful miracles, Bible study leaders. I know you could testify with me. The, the miracles you've seen take place there in your Bible study are relayed home groups. Children's ministry workers. I know the miracles you've been able to see in the young lives of those that you're teaching. Nursery workers, ushers. Those that are involved in ministry, you get to see firsthand the miracles that God does. 
If you're not serving tonight, I'll tell you what, that is such a motivation to get involved because God wants to show you miracles as well. And I know, I know God's moving in your life. I know God's ministering and speaking to hearts tonight. It's time to step up and serve. We have to stay focused in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, as we serve, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. As we serve, we have to stay focused on Christ. We have to stay focused. And lastly, when it comes to serving, we have to go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. Don't be the employee that your boss gives you a task to do, and you know it only is going to take you really an hour, but you stretch it out for eight hours, right? We could be tempted to do that sometimes. Oh, I'm done. The day's done. I, I finished my task. But have the excellent attitude of asking, you, yes, even your employer, I'm done. What else do you got for me? What else can I do? Or perhaps here in ministry, in the four walls of the church, what else can I do? What do you got for me? How can I help? How can I step in? These doors are open tonight because people are saying, I'll meet the need. What do you got for me, God? I'll do it. I'll show up. I'll be there. I'll be there early. Go the extra mile. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. We read the story here about a faithful man named Cornelius. And we read of his testimony and how effective he was in the, the society around him and how God saw that. We get a glimpse of how God saw his service. Now, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, the Bible says this. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman uh, army officer named Cornelius, who was captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Verse 4, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. Now listen to this. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Your prayers and gifts to the poor. The heart of service that he had to impact the world around him. What does the Bible say? He may have gotten accolades for this. People may have patted him on the back for this, but we see what God thought about this. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. God received it as an offering. And tonight, servant, brother and sister with a servant's heart, perhaps serving there in your community, serving there in your neighborhood or with your neighbors or, or, or again, here in church or at your job, having the right heart and the right attitude as you do that unto the Lord, the Lord receives it. As, as a fragrant aroma, as an offering. Don't grow weary in well-doing. If you're in this place tonight and you've been contemplating throwing in the towel because you're tired and because you're weary, don't throw in the towel. God has so much for you. God has a great reward for you if you will only stand fast. If you will not throw in the towel and you will remain faithful, God will reward you openly because of your faithfulness. I want to encourage you tonight as you've been faithfully serving, please, please don't throw in the towel. God has so much for you tonight.
He sees your efforts. He sees the investment that you made when no one else sees. He sees the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears. Your labor is not in vain. Don't throw in the towel. Continue to be faithful, and God is going to reward you. Each and every one of us that are serving God in whatever way we serve him, with the whole heart, with an attitude of excellence, God will reward you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. The paradox here in this passage is that the world would tell us that in order to be happy, you have to get all you can for yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to think about yourself. And there's a place, there's a place for that. Yes, I understand. But the Bible says, don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. For the good of others. I think back in my life, and part of my testimony is I got saved as, as a teenager as a, at a young age. And the thing about teenagers is, one, they're, they're not driving yet. They don't have a full-time job yet, so they don't have much money, if any. They don't have much to contribute, but I think about those in my life that, that reached out for me, that, yes, even went to, 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 to great lengths to pick me up. And I'll tell you, I didn't live physically close to the church back then. But there were those brothers that, that, that went out and, and picked me up and, and brought me to church. And we had a long service, and guess who took me home? It was those same faithful brothers that, that took me home and invested in me. Or during outreach, when, when we would go out to other cities, I didn't have money to eat. They would buy me something. And, and I never forget how God used them in my life to minister to me. And you know what they were doing? They were embodying this scripture here. They weren't concerned for their own good, but they were concerned about someone else. They saw potential in my life. And for that, I'm eternal, eternally grateful. Look at, look at those around you tonight. Yes, even the younger generation, they may not be able to give back right now, but, but see the potential in their life. Invest. Yes, serve them. How can I help you? How can I teach you? What can I show you? What can I do to train you? Let me, let me share my experience with you. Don't be, don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. As we have our worship team, please make their way up tonight. Servant tonight. Great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. As we close, as we opened with the scripture, I want to read it one more time. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 15. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Your work will be rewarded. Faithful minister, you've been serving for Years and years and years continue. You're being a great example. Continue to serve. Perhaps there are those in this place you've been contemplating. Perhaps stepping into ministry. There's a need. There's a great need, I, I can say. We have a need for ushers. We have a need for more nursery workers. Day in and day out, many times I see, I see our faithful nursery workers and, and their familiar faces, but... I believe God wants us to see new faces in there. Can you say amen? Royal Ranger commanders, 
Some of you in this place, you would make an excellent commander for the Royal Rangers, for Boys for Christ, to be able to train them and, and impart God's, God's wisdom to their life. Or our missionette, our impact ministry. There's a need there. Our worship team, there's a need there. Media and lights, there's a need. There's a need everywhere. What are you waiting for? God's qualified you. Qualify yourself through ministry, through being faithful. You're saved, continue to come to church. Be faithful to service. Be a good testimony. Be a clean testimony in your community with, with those that are around you. If you're working, pay your tithes and your offerings. Be faithful. Qualify yourself because God wants to use your life. You may have been waiting for, I, I don't know what, perhaps there's so many reasons why we'll wait, right, to, to, to make that first step. Perhaps, oh, no one's asked me. I'm asking you tonight, would you make that step and step into ministry? You have what it takes. God's doing something. He's done something in your life. You've been here for, for quite a while. Take that step, and I'll tell you what, you will be blessed. You will see new miracles transpire in your life. You will be blessed. And what's beautiful about, about ministering tonight, the one of the beautiful secrets about ministering is as we strive to forget ourselves. It doesn't mean that, that, that we've, we've fixed everything in our life, but it means that just for, for just a moment, we could put our, our, our hurts, it, we could put our concerns and our cares, we could put it on the shelf for a moment, and we could forget about our own self, and we could minister to the needs of others. And as we do that in faith, it doesn't mean that we're robotic, we're, robotic, we're, we're gluttons for, for, for punishment, but as we take the hurts and sometimes the doubts and the pains that we carry, as we put it on the shelf for a moment and we trust God with it and we concern ourselves with helping our brothers and our sisters, I'll tell you what, God is working. That's the miracle right there. God is working on those problems that you have. God is working. He's dealing with them. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that he is our shield and our buckler, right? He's dealing with what's coming ahead of us. But you know what the Bible also says? That he's what? He's our rear guard. So as he takes care of that, those things that are in front of us, he's also taking care of what's behind us. Sometimes our, our hurts and our pains are the things that, that, that we get hung up in. For a moment, just, just forget about it for a little bit. Concern yourself with serving God and, and have faith in him to deal with that. And I'll tell you what, he can fix it way better than you and I can. He can take care of it way better than you and I can. And many times... Without you being concerned about it because you're focused on the kingdom of God, that thing's fixed. It's done. It's gone. That hang-up that you were once dealing with, it's gone. It's no longer a temptation or it's no longer a hang-up. Why? Because you're looking at the right thing and you're focused on the kingdom of God. But as for you, be strong and do not give up for your work will be rewarded. Praise God. You received that tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Let's give God praise tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you, God. Lord, we give you praise, God. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads tonight as we prepare for our altar call.